When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love you guys. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Bellinger with the biggest hit of his career. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Doug Emhoff, the first ever second gentleman of the United States. How nervous are you for game five? This is the one thing where the vice president, my wife, Kamala Harris, is very serious about her San Francisco Giants. Check swing, it is ruled a swing. Today's guests, MLB on TBS broadcaster, Ron Darling. ESPN host and commentator, Beaumont. Jones, plus Titans running back Derrick Henry. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show here on a Friday with a ton going on, man. Good to see you, Brockman. How are you over there? Chris Brockman in his spot. No Mike Del Tufo here on this Friday. Jason Feller, good to see you. And you're surgically repaired back. All back here. Got a backbone. Good to see you, TJ Jefferson, with TJ's uh, big-ass grab bag set for hour number three of this program. Friday, Rich. Good to see you. We've got three guests here. Uh, Ron Darling, who called last night's Game 5 of Dodgers-Giants on TBS. He's going to be joining us in about... Uh, right right away, 19 minutes time, like right off the bat. He's going to be joining us here on the show. Bomani Jones, who's got a new HBO gig along with his yeah. ESPN gig. Um, he will be joining us in the middle of hour number two. And to be fair and balanced, because uh, we had Josh Allen of the Bills on yesterday. And the week six that began last night in Philadelphia will end uh, in Tennessee with the Bills visiting the Titans. We had Josh Allen on yesterday. Derrick Henry will be on today. The benefit of the Rich Eisen Show being hosted by a man, man. <laughs> who not only wrecked the buffet at the Harrow Club, but uh, I also host uh, Monday Night Football pregame and halftime on Westwood One. And uh, so that's going to be on Westwood One Monday night, as will I. So Josh Allen yesterday. Derrick Henry today. And, uh, Are you going to do it? I'm, we're we're, we're going to do this thing with Derrick Henry <laughs> later on. I'm going to give him my idea of his new nickname, Diminisher. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit more. I, I've got to get one of these right, I'm, essentially. <laughs> I'm okay. all for this one. Though, Thank Rich. you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. I I've got the full support of, this, we, we yeah. of my friends yeah, and crew here on the Rich Eisen Show. That'll be later on in this program. And um, last night, it was a two-TV situation. Back sure, in the day, yeah, we yeah. would call it picture-in-picture. Now uh, it was a two-TV situation as Tom Brady and the Bucks went into Philadelphia, and uh, that old first 15 script had looked great. Brady hit four different receivers um, on that drive, scored a touchdown. Eagles came right back uh, and scored, and it seemed like it would go back and forth until the, the Bucks uh, started handling matters in the first half and then put that thing away in the second half, and we'll talk about that throughout this show. Uh, and it just goes to show you, how big of a baseball game it was last night that I'm not going to go all in on Tom Brady winning yet another nationally televised football game for a Bucks team that looks even better this year than last year. And last year, as we all know, they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so lots to discuss on that. But let's get into game five, shall we? <laughs> let's get into that decisive game five between 
uh, two teams that uh, had the same damn record, 109 wins. And these teams are so closely matched. I mean, same damn record, same everything. And here we were now in the ninth inning of a game. Five. Winner go home, tie game. Going into the final inning of of, of the game. And um, uh, unless there was extras, obviously. But let's talk game five. Let's take uh, one at a time. That was a blown call to end it. Flat out. Not a swing by Wilmer Flores. Not at all. Not even close. Did he offer at it? Sure. Did he move his hips? Yeah. Did the bat come off his shoulder and act like the Max Scherzer, of all people? Pitch was uh, something he liked when it uh, was heading his way? Yes. Did he swing? Did it go through? No, it did not. No. It did not. And Gabe Morales, the first base umpire, says, uh, out. Game over. And that stinks. That absolutely positively stinks. That Bummer. That the entire <laughs> game and series and arguably the two best teams in baseball that due to the rarity of one team winning 100-plus games, not winning the division, they have to face one another in the divisional round. It's not even for the pennant. And um, unfortunately, they face one another here, and one team wins two of the first three, and then the next team wins uh, to force a winner-go-home game between these two teams that plain don't like each other, long-standing rivalry. As Keith Oberman will point out, they played in the World Series back in the 19th century, so it's not the first time they face one another in the, uh, in the playoffs. It's a bummer that it ends that way. And so... So, uh, Dodger fans will have been pointing out today that uh, back in June, on June 22nd, Kenley Jansen, who had a dynamite eighth inning appearance last night, uh, blew the game against the, the Giants up 3-1 going into the ninth inning. Giants load the bases, put a run on the board. And um, in this game, with the bases jammed, <sighs> in which um, Kenley Jansen was having a an issue getting the ball over the plate. Out comes uh, Mr. Ruff, who hit a home run last night. And guess what he did? Bomb. No. Well, last night well, was yeah, bomb. Last night, <laughs> last night he hit a bomb. Guess what he did? He checked his swing. Oh, this is earlier in the year. Yeah. He checked his swing. And you know what it was called? No swing. And after further review... It went through. It was called a check swing. But guess what? Game got tied, and then the Giants won it. And Dodger fans will say to you, well, we lost the division by one game. So had Ruff been called out properly instead of being allowed to have a check swing, maybe that game five would have happened in Chavez Ravine last night. Makes sense to me. Says the man with the backwards Dodger cap right there. <laughs> Correct? Yeah. Did you hear what Vince Scully said about it? Uh-oh. What did he say? Oh, my gosh. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye for now. Wow. Says the Dodger fan over there. Dodger fans. And, too. you know, um, not to put any point on it, that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with anything. That it got blown in July, so it's the... It's the scales of justice actually tipping back. 
that is an umpire put in a position in a diehard game, in a win-or-die game, in a go-home game for whoever loses, and he blows the call. And after the game, Gabe Morales, along with the uh, crew chief, uh, Ted Barnett, uh, Ted Barrett, pardon me, was out there. And, and Morales was asked if he saw the replay. He confirmed he did see the replay. And Ted Barrett mentioned how, you know, that want to make sure that it's consistent and did he offer it the pitch or did he not? And, you know, he was trying to explain what the concept of a check swing is. But then the question of the pool reporter was asked of Morales. So in the moment, the belief was that he offered it the pitch. Morales said, that's what I thought, yes. And then the response to the question was, I'm sorry, um, different feeling now after the replay or? And I'll read for you Giants fans what will be the salt in the wound. Ted Barrett saying, yeah, no, we, yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to say. He should have to say. And I know it stinks. I know wherever Gabe Morales is today, he wants to get away to use that old commercial. Right. Book the flight on Southwest. But he's got to say, I, I blew it. Yeah. I blew it. Right. That would actually be helpful, I think, to San Francisco Giants fans, although I'm not in their shoes. Right. But to basically go, yeah, he doesn't want to say. Admits he blew it. And it stinks. And it stinks. Remember, Jim Joyce did the same thing after the blown perfect game. He said, I blew it. I blew it. And I feel bad for the kid that I did that to him. Right. That's what we want to hear. I would like to hear that. I also would like that reviewable. I would like that reviewable yeah. as well. But, you know, then, you, then you're getting into the part of like what part of the plate you have to parse it out literally with a GPS as to you can't just say you know it when you see it when it's in replay. When it's in replay, you have to know is it fair or foul? Is he right. safe or out? Was the ball in the glove when the ball, when the foot hit the base? I mean, these are all clearly marked aspects of it. It would be like making holding reviewable. You know, how long did he hold it? You know, where's the where's the grab at? How long did he grab it? Did he twist the guy? Those calls are they're judgment calls and judgment calls can't be reviewable. As much as I'd like to say when you look at that again, you could clearly see he did not go around. But right. at what point is is it technically going around? Does he have to pass home plate? Does the the wrists have to break at a certain angle? I mean It stinks. But let's talk about the actual game itself. It was awesome. Okay. Here's the other points (laughs) I want to make. Mookie Betts is excellent at um, baseball. (laughs) Yeah. The baseball stuff. Mookie Betts is outstanding at the sport of baseball. He's really good at baseball. Really good. Yeah, really good. game, man. That's what you need out of the guy you're paying a gajillion dollars to. Okay. That's what you need in a winner-go-home game. You're paying the guy the, the most money you can possibly pay him, you know, and that's what he does with all due respect to Garrett Cole and others who make a ton of money. And that also includes those who are not available. It wasn't lost on me, and I love the guy as my caveat here. While the Dodgers were playing in a winner-go-home game, Mike Trout was at the Eagles game last night. Sure was. Okay? Southern California. So here we go. And I'm not saying that Trout shouldn't be at the Eagles game. He could do whatever the heck he wants in his spare time. And he is a diehard Eagles fan. But I just wanted to point out one team's in it. Other team isn't. Star player for the team that is four hits. Seager with a big double to play one run. And then when Ruff responds to Urias later on, what does Betts do? 
four hits, great game, big game. And then Cody Bellinger. This is why, with all due respect to my friends in San Francisco, we love baseball. Guy, former MVP. Guy, this year, hurt, sure. A lot of guys are hurt. Guy, former MVP, now hitting seventh in the do-or-die lineup. And he comes to the plate, and every single Dodger fan I was sitting around thinks this ain't happening. This ain't happening. Not going to happen. Because Bellinger all year long, but maybe, just maybe, right? That's baseball. Maybe, just maybe. But the beauty of baseball, again, is constantly working your way through adversity. Again, those who fail two out of every three times are Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. And those who are former MVPs can have a quick fall from grace, as Bellinger had all year long. A very rough year for him. But what does he do in this moment? Big-time base hit. Plates the go-ahead run. And it's exactly why we love baseball. Like in life, keep trying. Keep believing in yourself when others do not. Keep on going at it. Keep on trying. And Bellinger does it. Big time W for the Dodgers. And the guy who knocks in the game-winning run is the guy who's had a very long 2021. And it was amazing that Jansen came in and he had an incredible pitching sequence in that bat with Buster Posey, who these guys go way back with each other. And yes, that game that I had mentioned with the check swing that was allowed for Ruff in July when he went through and the Giants beat the Dodgers in a game. He homers in this game and the Giants lose because a guy checks his swing and it's called a strike to end it. Jansen lost that game in July. He wins this game in game five. He is the winning pitcher of game five. Another much maligned figure here in Los Angeles, California. And it was a huge W for, obviously, the Dodgers and the Giants. Now then, lastly, Giants fans, feeling you. Because you weren't the only ones to take the L yesterday. I'll take the L as well. (laughs) When we were on the air yesterday and Jose Urias, 20-game winner, was announced was not going to start game five because the Dodgers took out their slide rules and their protractors and their binders and their mathematical equations and their beautiful minds and thought, let's start a kid who's never started a playoff game before. Let's open with him. And the Dodgers didn't even go to Urias after one inning of Knable. They went to Gratterall next. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, just like every Dodger fan that's around me on that poker table I was watching the game at last night in my my weekly poker game, they were wondering, where the hell is our 20-game winner? What is going on? And the Giants 
started their guy in Logan Webb, and he goes to full seven. And he goes to full seven with a big, huge strikeout on pitch 105. Like old school gas, seventh inning. He's going seven complete. Old school stuff that I was talking about is never coming back. Here he goes. And the team that wins is the team that started a reliever as an opener and closed the game with their starter as their reliever in Max Scherzer. (laughs) And that's the team that advances, not the team that played old school baseball that starts their Haas web and rides them all the way through until his arm falls off. That team loses. The team that wins is the one that just plays in a manner that's totally beyond me. And I don't like it, and I know I'm a dinosaur. I know it because the Dodgers right now, they're the ones flying to Atlanta for the NLCS. They're the ones who are flying to Atlanta, and the Giants are the ones who are complaining about a terrible call at the end and so on and so forth. They're the ones licking their wounds. Not the Dodgers. So I'll take the L. I always will. Um, I just like my baseball the way I like it. And I don't like the fact that we are talking about one of the greatest Giants-Dodgers matchups ever. Born out of a long-standing rivalry with the shot heard around the world. Being a... The moment, the Bobby Thompson home run for the New York Giants over the Brooklyn Dodgers. The Giants winning the pennant. That was then. Now, it's your opener to your other reliever, to your starter, to your other reliever, and then another reliever, and then your starter to win the game sealed by the check swing heard round the world. Wondering if replay should be utilized to make sure that doesn't happen again. And that's your 21st century baseball story that just sits in my stomach and makes me ill. And I don't know if that's a... It is a YP. It's a, it's not a it's not a YP. It's an MP. It's a my problem, not a your problem. Because it was a great game, but just the fact it it's was. just like check swing this and well, I mean, there's you know, opener that, closer this is your starter. I mean, when when Jansen came out for the eighth inning, it's like who's going to close? Oh, right, that's right. It's Max Scherzer. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all all hands on deck. And the Giants have done this. I mean, Dodgers have done this before. Yeah. And one year we're wondering, what, you know, why is Clayton Kershaw right? I mean, just doing that? The way that we grew up watching baseball and the just tradition of X, Y, Z, one, two, three, this is how it goes. I mean, those days are over. Yeah, and it's, just like, it's tough for guys like you and me who love baseball so much to kind of just accept it. I got to because it's not coming back. It's not coming and back. The and the team that did it last night wins. And a team that didn't, mostly, everybody uses analytics. They're going home. Well, they're staying home. They're not moving on. And their pitcher pitched amazing. He did. He did. So, you know, both ways can work. Ron Darling is going to give me a hug. Let's take a break (laughs) so Ron Darling calls in on time or remotely. So, 
What a great game. He and Brian Anderson, a tremendous call last night. Ron Darling is next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Joining us on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line from San Francisco as he's getting set to head to... Atlanta as part of the TBS coverage of the National League Championship Series. He will be on the call with Brian Anderson, Jeff Francoeur, and Lauren Shahadi. Again, it starts tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on TBS. Ron Darling here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Ron? I'm doing great. I'm sold. Jerry for commissioner. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, you just heard what we were playing for our uh, Peacock and Sirius XM audiences that he just... He doesn't want replay. Uh, what 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 do you think? Do you, would replay have fixed last night's final strike call of Gabe Morales saying that Wilmer Flores went around and we all the the free baseball and uh, loving world knows that that wasn't a, a swing. So what do you think, Ron? Yeah, no, I think it would have fixed it. You know, I I think it's very funny in the postseason that we end up uh, a lot of times talking about a call that we would love to resee. Uh, or to replay uh, that is not revealable. It's almost like, oh, boy, these are going to be really the, the sticking points in these postseason games. Let's make sure they're not reviewable. So it, it, they would have changed that, certainly. Uh, um, and it's a, I, I think that the bigger part of that last night is not that um, he called them out, and that's huge. Uh, but most umpires have to know that in that circumstance, that has to be definitive. It can't even be close to the line um, because you never want an end the game like that. And that's kind of the bigger question on why 
um, why the umpires chose to do that. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I'm I'm an advent of replay everything, you know. And the NFL yeah. now is is taking a look at plays while you know while they're even if they're not being challenged by coaches, they're taking a look at it right now, and they're they're in the ears of the uh, of the uh, officials right now from New York City, sometimes saying we're looking at it, change that call, or yeah, that was a catch, so get together and talk about it and we, we saw it's a catch i mean the nfl is beginning to do that stuff what do you think about that with with baseball and supposed to just like you know a, a manager saying hold up a second while we're seeing the guy on the phone and then they give that call of keep playing or like put your headsets on like how about we well, we review this with yeah, the review process point. i i think what the problem is is that when you go half in with replay and that's kind of where baseball is right now um you get half a result uh, what you have to do is what the NFL does, and that is go all in. And I would advocate, uh, one, I don't know why we're on a headset. I mean, uh, we do live in a wireless world. We could start with that. But uh, second, I think we should have a, a fourth, uh, fifth umpire uh, who's upstairs. And in every stadium, you could have it right next to the television booths, and they're seeing all the plays that we see and that they could, um, that umpire that's upstairs could easily signal to uh, the first base umpire, let's say, last night, and say, listen, uh, you missed that one, so we, you should take a look at it. The umpires get together, boom, it's changed. That's all you'd have to do. So go all in, and you'll get an all-in result. Do you think players would be for the, up for that? What do you think? Oh, I, absolutely. I, I think players are frustrated right now. So, uh um, anything that you could do to upgrade what where we're at right now would be a positive. What about managers? What about managers? You think they'd be up for that? What do you think? Uh, I think managers would be up for it. The one thing I would change, though, Rich, is with the managers, uh, there's no 30 seconds to wait for uh, the kid that's in the bunker watching the broadcast. Right. Um, managing part of managing is making quick decisions. They have to make the call without any replay from the people that are in the bunker. Just see it and say, boy, that doesn't look good. I want to replay it. That's how they should do it. And that way, managers would uh, would be on their toes. Ron Darling, who called with Brian Anderson, a great broadcast last night. I really like listening to you two guys, uh, Ron, uh, on TBS. Thank you, know, Thank you very you're, much. You're very welcome. Right here on the on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, um, so what else do you take from yesterday? Let's just, let's just say that, that Gabe Morales calls that a check swing and Scherzer uh, takes care of Flores as we were, you know, many of us were expecting. Obviously, anything can happen. Let's just say the game ended normally on like a uh, a yeah. pop fly that Justin Turner, let's give him some redemption because he had the error in the ninth inning that made things a little bit more tight and nervous. Yeah. Let's say he grabs the he, he grabs a pop fly redemption. And what are we talking about today? Do you think? Well, I, I think we're talking about uh, how the Dodgers managed that game by choosing an opener. Uh, and Knable going to Gratterall, so biting off two innings there so that they could get their young star, Urias, uh, four or five innings. He got four innings that got them deep into the game. Uh, I think, you know, opening yourself to the second guess and criticism is a very brave place to go, and the Dodgers did it, and they did it and really don't care what anyone thinks because they feel as though um, they did the right hedge for their team to get the 27 outs. Think about it. Those five guys that pitched last night, they were going to pitch in the game anyway. So it's just an order uh, for them. And I think they really felt, because of Posey's numbers against Urias, that one less at bat was, was a good thing. 
um, for their team and for their ball club. And, and Urias was great, uh, but it could have went south because the first two innings was the best chances that San Francisco had to score. And if they had scored a couple of runs, certainly we would be talking about something different today. But why, Ron? And again, I, I, I am yeah. fully admitting you know, that I am a dinosaur and, yeah. and I'm 52, but I'm a dinosaur, man. You know, like I, 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 you know, give me the Logan Webb of doing it, you know, give me seven strong and let's go, you know, as opposed to, so what, what happens? Like does Andrew Friedman and the rest of his staff get together in their, in some hotel, you know, conference room, you know, and decide uh, a few hours before the game, this is what we're doing, and they, they call Dave Roberts and tell him that, or is Roberts in on the meeting? How does this happen, Ron? What goes uh, on? That, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there is a meeting at some point. I heard it was the night before. Uh, Dave Roberts is in on the meeting, but he only gets one vote, and uh, and they go over the scenarios that they think will give their team the best chance, uh, the algorithms that show that it's true, um, then they make a decision. And um, I'm with you. I mean, you know, I'm I'm 61 years old, and all I know is uh, is pitchers that, that take the ball and, and go deep into the game. But the game has certainly uh, changed, and and you know this gambit uh, that the Dodgers decided uh, to do last night with the opener is interesting in this way, is that we've seen the small market teams, the Brewers, the A's, uh, the Rays, do these kind of things to stay equal with the big power teams. But now the big power teams like the Dodgers are doing them as well. So um, there is uh, um, some uh, facts for these teams that if they do this, they shorten the game. And certainly last night it worked to a T. Um, and... Um, you know, the Dodgers are better for it. I guess it helps to have, uh, you know, the, the money also to put Mookie Betts and his four hits atop the lineup and then <laughs> make a trade for Trey Turner and your closer and Max Scherzer, right? And then um, and then have Cody Bellinger, who, you know, is at some point, one would imagine, is going to have to strike it insanely rich, um, yeah. despite his awful season coming up big with a huge base hit to win it. I guess that, that helps for the combination together. But, uh, but my, yeah. I guess my question yeah. for you, Ron, is is what what is managing now, right? I mean, oh, we saw Mike Schilt yeah. lost his job yesterday because of differences of opinion, I guess, in, in St. Louis. But what what is the the role of manager now in the 21st century of baseball, Ron? Yeah, what is I it? personally I personally find the managerial position one of the least attractive positions in baseball right now. <laughs> um, I can't even imagine um, sitting in your office and having streams of people coming in and, and handing you things that uh, they find important, uh, having meeting after meeting after meeting, um, uh, I, I think really it's, a, it's one of the least attractive things, except when it's 6.07 or it's 7.30 or it's 8.07. I mean, that's when I guess you get the juice as a manager, that you're back there and you can make – uh, the decisions that uh, will have an outcome on the athletes that you lead. I mean, at that point, you become a leader again because that's what managers are uh, at their core. They're leaders of men, um, and we've taken a lot of that away. Uh, but um, but that, that's uh, that, and that is a shame. But I think I think you hit the nail on the head. So they have a meeting, they uh, decide what they're going to do. They kind of include Dave Roberts. And and then they execute it. And uh, the players today are uh, 
are fine with that execution. Well, I guess so managing, uh, when you're called a manager, you're not just managing your team and the personalities in the dugout, but what you're saying, Ron Darling, is you're managing your pride, you're managing your anger, right? You're managing, yeah. your, you're managing your own self because, you know, the question is, is how much power does a manager have in the sixth or seventh inning when it's already been decided, you know, this guy's coming out no matter what, certainly against this guy, because you've, you know, in your third out of seven meetings of the day, you discussed what happens when this happens in the sixth inning, so on and so forth. You know, I, yeah, I just, well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, this is, this is the dance that they have to perform now. Mm -hmm. And, and I do say that, uh, um, it's really hard and they do an amazing job at it. And the other thing I think you left out is that you're in a, in a clubhouse, with these 26 alpha gentlemen and you're trying to be in a position of power when a lot of your power has been stripped away. That's a really interesting dynamic. I think for, for a manager to try to, uh, to try to walk. Ron Darling, a couple more minutes left with uh, the Turner sports analyst who along with Jeff Francoeur and Lauren Shahidi and then play by play man, Brian Anderson with the NLCS that begins in Atlanta where you're heading to right now on Saturday night on TBS at eight Eastern time. So the final four, uh, break it down for me, baseball, when, when, when the game does get played and all the binders have, uh, have, have revealed what, what uh, the process might be when, uh, when toe meets rubber, what happens with these final four teams? Who's the best? Well, in the, in the AL, um, when you look at both of those clubs, so there were two shutouts in the series, and, and last night's Game 5 was 2-1. to one. Uh, You will see none of that between the Houston and the Red Sox. Uh, it'll be 8-7 games, 10-8. to eight. Uh, Both clubs really slug. Uh, Houston has the advantage because of the depth, I think, of their lineup, and Houston comes out uh, there. And as far as the National League is concerned, you know, people forget sometimes that the Braves had the Dodgers at a 3-1 disadvantage last year, and, and the Dodgers came back. And we tend to look at the Dodgers and just think, boy, they have so much talent. They're just talented, and that's why. But they're also tough. It takes a toughness to be able to come back from that. And they showed it last night, uh, their toughness. So I think you got a Houston-Dodger uh, World Series, oh, um, you know, which is uh, from 2017, and it's going to be a, uh, a rematch from 2017. So it's going to be very very interesting. Yes, without the Theraguns. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, Dodger fans would be um, particularly keen on getting that matchup. And with Dusty yeah. Baker now being the manager of that team would just add another layer, obviously, of uh, emotion, um, you know, to, to all of that. Um, last one for you, Ron. I know, again, you've got a flight to catch, but what did you think of the 30 for 30 on your Mets team that was out? What did you think of that one? Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. The people that, um, that put that together um, are just uh, amazingly talented folks. And, and I think uh, what I loved, uh, took from it, because, you know, I lived it, and, uh, and uh, I've seen or read or heard just about everything you can read or hear about the 86 team. But for me to see from ground level over the dugout, Mookie Wilson running the first base on the ground ball that went through Buckner's legs, and then him coming in the dugout and walking into the clubhouse, um, I, I I didn't have tears, but I was very emotional uh, when I saw that because I'd never seen that before, and it really shows you like what uh, what transpired after that game. and And I remember being in that clubhouse and the fans jumping up and down, and we had those popcorn roofs where all the soot and silt was coming through the ceiling. <laughs> and I remember saying to myself, you know, this place could come down, and kind of a bemused smile 
uh, came across my face. I was like, well, I guess that's all right. I mean, if, it's, if this is the time, this is the time. And it just felt like that that night. And it's one of those moments, Ron, where, in, you know, looking back on it, so many people think that was the end of the World Series. It was not. And there was a rainout, too. Like, you had to that's wait right. two days to finish that thing up. That's right. But, uh, you know, that, that team was uh, – um, it had a chance to be one of the greatest teams that ever played. Uh, instead, we were a team that had one of the greatest years. That's, uh, uh, that's how I always uh, depict that uh, great 86 team. Hey, Ron, thanks for the call. Greatly appreciate it. Look forward to your call on TBS of the NLCS. Safe travels and look for my call next week. Let's do this again. Appreciate it. Okay, I'd love to. Thanks, Rich. You bet. That's the one and only Ron Darling right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What'd you make of that, Chris? You were shaking your head over there. I, I, I you know, I'm we could talk about what a great season it was for the Giants, and it was. And yeah. it was a season yeah. that so many fans will just have a bad taste in their mouth, but it was something that they did not see coming. Giants fans did not see it coming. Oh, no, no, nobody no, no, no. in yeah, Major yeah, League yeah. Baseball Definitely saw not. it coming. Certainly nobody here in Southern California right. in Dodger country, Dodger blue country, did not see the Giants with Gabe Kapler, who they took yeah. you know, after he got bounced from Philadelphia. Let's put him there. And the no, Giants, Giants fans should be really happy and proud about what happened this year. 109 wins, not enough. That's not how Remarkably. you want it. That's not how I want to end it because you right. know, when you're playing with house money, inevitably you get caught up in the moment and the reality of the situation. You want to keep winning. It doesn't feel like a moral victory to have 109 wins and, and think about how great that is and all you accomplished. Right. You want to win and move on to the NLCS. Right. Right. But out of nowhere, they definitely should be proud. And uh, just, you know, listening to Ron talk, it just reminds me of those scenes in Moneyball where. You know, Art Howe is just pissed that he has to. No, my lineup is my lineup. You right. you put the team together, and I I do the card each day. No, that's not how we're doing things, uh, Art. And it's just you know. I know. And now look what it's become. And Ron's pointing yeah. out, like, look, the Dodgers are sitting there saying, we're gonna throw, we're we're definitely gonna throw Urias tonight, right? Like right. we're planning on starting him, right? right? Okay. You know we're gonna go to Trinan, right? You know we're going to go at some point to our closer, hopefully, knock on wood. We'll go to, right. you know, Jansen. Get out there. We'll get Gratterall out there. We're going to go with Knable if we need to, right? Yeah. So let's just, let's just, let's just say yeah, the traditional way, right? of, like, we'll go to the first guy out of the pen will be Gratterall, right? How about we get him the first out of the pen in the second inning after we start Knable to make sure that Urias doesn't see Buster Posey an extra time? And then they sit there and they work it out and they plug it into a computer and it comes out like they run it through the odds, knowing the history of each guy against each yep. guy and based on the, yeah, the home plate umpire, the strike zone and everything. Stuff. Boom, it spits out out of a thousand models. It spits out 900 out of a thousand you're going to win with this lineup and this order. And then they present that to Dave Roberts and he might, I don't know, does he say, he will never Ever, probably a single soul outside of his house say, yeah, I hate this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, True. Right. Exactly. So, and, he, and, and it's just like whatever yeah. feeling he might have felt, because we're just assuming he's an old, old school baseball right. guy. I mean, right. he's the guy who stole second yeah. on the Yankees, right, for you guys, right? Right, right. And so the problem too so, is so, so you're assuming he's got to be sitting there chafing at it yeah. because it just chips away at his ability to make the decisions himself because he's the manager. We're just assuming all of this. Mm-hmm. But he's the one in Atlanta right now. And whatever issues yeah. he has with it, 
he's the one that's sitting there with Mookie at the top of the lineup and Scherzer available in the pen. And, like, you know, when are we going to go to Bueller, right, who's amazing? And he's the one with all these pieces because of the money that's behind this franchise. Number one pick. And whatever information that's coming his way, I'm wondering if he thinks of, I doubt it, but this is the way I think, of another famous Los Angelino talking about pride messing with your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And take the dive and go with the figures. Well, he's on board with that because he has no other choice. His L.A. privileges would be revoked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. Your phone calls, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Bomani Jones in hour number two as well. Don't go anywhere. Lots to talk about. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And uh, that was a a fun chat with Ron Darling on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. And Mercedes-Benz Vans is a partner of the Rich Eisen Show. And we've been telling you about your dream that you don't follow anymore, that you broke up with, that you haven't gotten in touch with, that dream where you travel the world or you go ahead and do what you need to do. And you go ahead and do things with your family or do things that you've always wanted to do in, say, the van life with a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Let a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter be your gateway to doing things that you've always wanted to do, like go around national park sites or build a mountain cabin with your family, start your own business, really whatever you dream up. Because it's a Mercedes-Benz vans that I've been telling you about for quite some time. Mercedes-Benz van, with that, you can expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Amazing performance and reliability is exactly what you can expect with an MBUX voice command system, five-star dealer network, and available gas engine. All of it runs like a dream. So what do you say? Head to your Mercedes-Benz van dealership and get that Sprinter today and tell them your dream sent you. And when you say, my dream sent you... You, you are referring to Rich Eisen in the Rich Eisen show. We understand that. <laughs> we get it. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Dante in Los Angeles here on the Rich Eisen show. What's up, Dante? Hey, what's up, Rich? Uh, first of all, I just wanted to personally give yourself and everybody that's working with you on the crew 
your flowers for the great work that you guys do uh, producing this show every day. I've been following right. your career since a freshman in high school, Rich, when you started on the um, other network with Stuart Scott at your side. Mm. So I want to thank you and each one of your um, co-workers there on the Rich Eisen Show, TJ Jefferson, Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo, anybody else that I may be forgetting. As we all know, it was Mental Health Awareness Day earlier this week, and I want to personally thank each one of you esteemed gentlemen for producing something that truly brings my brain happiness oh, every time that I listen in. Wow. Thanks, Thank you man. so much. Thank you. Thank Outside you. of forgetting Jason Feller, who's sitting right here, we're all good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> my, 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 my apologies, it's Jason. All all good. Good. It's I, all I'm good. not quite used to this all on the air. It's all good. Uh, You're <laughs> nailing it, Dante. What, either, what's on your worry. mind? What's on your mind? What is on my mind is Gold Dodgers in a great rivalry, a great series in the rivalry, and the history of the rivalry. I would like to know your thoughts on what these four words are going to mean in the history of baseball and the Dodgers-Giants rivalry. He did not go. Mm -hmm. He didn't. But guess what? You know, these things are all part and parcel of baseball, and I appreciate the call and what you had to say, Dante. Uh, I I just don't know. And replay, here's what would happen. Because you know we're, we're talked about it with Mike Pereira in the NFL uh, world two weeks ago that you see those sort of Madonna-like, what, headset microphones that are on mm-hmm. all of these officials. They're communicating with each other, and I'm assuming they're also hearing, you know, New York City yeah, buzz in and say what's yeah. going on. Right. Which is why, you know, when you're seeing a, a, a replay in the NFL now, you're seeing before it's announced by the official to us at home, it's being relayed to the coaches on the sideline. You can already see before the announcement is made whether a call is going to be reversed or upheld. Like last night on Thursday Night Football, sure looked like Brady's first interception of the night wasn't the one that was actually on his credit, but on a tip ball that landed in the hands of one of the Eagles' defensive backs, it looked like the ball did hit the ground, but was one of those where he cradled it under. He had it secure. You had it secure, or it looked like his hands cradled under. And to me, it looked like they're not going to overturn this because there's not enough evidence to do it. But it took a very long time. That's your first hint. If it's taken a long time, they're not just sticking with a call. And they're they're figuring out where the ball's going to go and where the ball's, you know, the time is going to be put up. All of that, right. So you're also seeing, though, that the side judges and other officials who are close to the sideline are hearing the chatter and are basically telling the head coach, like Nick Sirianni was being told last night, not by the head referee, but by another official, yeah, you're, you're, you're not going to get the ball. So get your defense ready to get back out there. Right. And so they're communicating with each other. What if baseball, what if Gabe Morales had one of those headsets on? And what if, you know... Look, forget about it. What if Ted Barrett, the crew chief, had a headset on or had one of those earpieces in his ear or just had one of those microphones on? What if he did? And go down to Gabe Morales, strike three. Now, the problem is the Dodgers would be running on the field. Except if we also understand that these calls are now potentially reviewable, all eyes would go to the crew chief, wherever he is on the field. And he could basically hold his hand up. It's under review. I'm being, hold on a minute. I'm hearing. And then once it's done, the, that the baseball intelligentsia get in his ear and say, that's not a swing. He then clicks on a microphone and much to the dismay of the Dodgers, 
Uh, after further review, that was not a right. uh, a swing. It's ball, whatever the hell it was, too. What's wrong with that? I what's think wrong we with all would have preferred that, I what's think. What's wrong with every single check swing being looked at by whoever's looking at the game uh, in New York City? What's What's wrong with it? You know, the problem is, is that if there's 10 games going on once, like every check swing is going to be checked. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, or or is it only in the ninth inning? I don't know. Like, that's yeah, the problem. That's right, why right, baseball's right. not all in, half in, as Ron Darling said. You get half results. Maybe only on strike three? Only in the playoffs? Only on yeah. strike three could be. That's a good one. Only on strike three? I mean, we're just sounding out. Know, we're we're, just, just, we're not going to fix it right now, but... <laughs> We all can agree that that result last night, if it is fixable, we prefer it to be fixed. Yeah, you know, I think I speak for most Dodger fans. That's not how we want to win. We just wouldn't trade places with Giants fans right now. For anything. Yeah. For anything. <laughs> Which is living in the proverbial world of private pile right now, to use that phrase. <laughs> I mean, that's where they're living right now. I mean, that is just 109 wins, not enough. And as I mentioned, when the Yankees lost to the Red Sox, that's the last team you want to dance on your turf and celebrate. Oof. At least the Red Sox did it on their own turf and didn't have the Yankee Stadium. That has happened before, and that's uh, the use of phrase stinks. <laughs> okay, big news on the injury front, uh, for sure. If you are a fantasy football player, and that means everybody, that's coming up in hour number two when we come back. Also, Bamani Jones. 